visiting with our Shop of the Week, presented exclusively by Amogee Bank here in the playoffs. We visit with Michael Taft. Let's just go ahead and start from the beginning, because nobody calls you Michael. Everybody calls you Mookie. Where does that come from? It comes back from Western Hills, Little League, baseball. Um, My favorite player was Melky Cabrera, and we had three Michaels on our Little League baseball team. One of them, Michael Mariotti, offensive lineman on our team. Um, But I couldn't say Melky Cabrera, so it sounded like I was saying Mookie. And my dad was like, well, why don't we just call him Mookie? From then on out, I was called Mookie in baseball, and it translated over to football at Pop Warner. And a couple guys like Sage, Leo, all of them were on my Pop Warner team, so it just stuck with me through. Well, I'll tell you what, you you picked two players. I mean, even though it's confusing, you know, because you couldn't say Melky Cabrera, but you can say Mookie. Well, Mookie Betts and Melky Cabrera, those are two guys to actually kind of (laughs) dig if you're going to be a successful baseball player. I always like interviewing the players that also play baseball because, and I go through this with obviously Leo and Sage as well, to bring a baseball mentality to football because baseball is a game of failure. And I don't think people realize this. Hey, you only have to be good about 30% of the time to be very successful in baseball. But with baseball players, because you bring that element of failure into football, you automatically have this understanding of the next play. You may not be your best. You know, you might get beat. There might be a, a pass over the top that gets by you. There might be a guy that's a hair faster than you. But you're able to deal with failure. Do you find that baseball helps you with that mentality, especially in the defensive backfield? Yes, sir, especially playing corner um, because the mentality is you're on an island, so how good you are, like you could be the best player, you're still going to get beat one out of 100 times, so you just got to think about the next play and not let that get to you for the expanding plays. When I talked to Jason Jones and I talked to a number of other the coaches on the defensive staff and they said, you know, we were kind of expecting somebody else to be here, and then during spring ball, Taft just showed up and started to ball out, and it's been very difficult to take him out of the number one corner situation. When did you start to figure out that, that you were going to be pretty decent, enough to, to earn a starting spot at corner? Last year I was on JV Blue, and so I didn't get it to get brought up for playoffs, and that really stung. I really wanted to do that, get up with those guys. Um, so I started to go through offseason with a chip on my shoulder, trying to get better every single day, trying to earn my position because there was a bunch of guys ahead of me. And I just kept working, kept grinding, showing them that I cared. And eventually I just got better and better. And Lucas is one of the guys, even though he's one of my best friends, I still learned so much from him. Just watching his technique. And Leo taught me a couple things along the way. And just getting better from them helped my game so well. So you're using your teammates to kind of say, hey, I'm real upset that I didn't get to go on that playoff run last year, even though I'm a sophomore. But at the end of the day, I help me get to where I need to be. I'll be honest with you, Michael, that tells me everything I need to know about the culture here at Westlake. When you talk about brotherhood, sometimes it's just talk. But hearing that story, it tells me that it's about as real as it can be. You're after helping the guy next to you to, to become better because if you do, the whole team is going to be better. What are some of the things that, that Leo taught you and that Lucas kind of continues to teach you where you're still constantly learning? JV and varsity are totally different things. You think you got it down in JV, and then you get brought up to varsity level, and it's a feels like a whole different game. Um, so Leo just taught me kind of like how the varsity level went and how I don't need to panic and all this stuff because it's going to be very exciting. And what Lucas taught me is 
Lucas could be one of the best press coverage people around that I've ever seen. So he just taught me a lot of press coverage stuff, how to skate out of there and how to motor out of there. So I learned a lot. Both of those guys are very physical players. And one of the things that I hear from the coaches every single week is that we want our, our guys to be physical. We, they want to have this edge about them where it's almost a level of fear that you impose upon your opposition. For you, it's a little different because you're dealing with some of the most high-profile guys, especially against Steele. You're dealing with some of the best wide receivers in San Antonio. Ultimately, it's hard. You know, they're not afraid of you. You find yourself in the right place at the right time because of how you've prepared. Before we talk about the game-changing play against Steele, let's rewind back to Aikens, where I know it's obviously not the same level of competition in district play, but it was one of those times where you got to make a play, return it for a touchdown. It's the most exciting play in football. Everybody can score a touchdown on offense, but it's that pick six that is really that that dagger into the heart of any team that it happens to, because then you've got to go right back on the field again. It's always interesting to hear what's going through your mind, what's going through your head as you intercept the ball and take it to the house. Take us through that play against Aiken. We were in Robert, where I'm skating out. It's It was a wheel of two, the number two receiver, and so I latched onto him, and the quarterback gave me a chance, a 50-50 ball. I remember it like it was yesterday, me jumping and finding finding the blockers to follow and just making cuts. Um, and so it was it was awesome, something that I'll never forget. It really is like kind of your, your benchmark and your arrival. If you were ever to take us to a play where we went, Michael Taff, here he is, I'm on varsity football. And in the call, I even say that, welcome to varsity football. It really is that that moment where you are a big deal where it's not just, oh, you've broken up a pass or you've had good coverage downfield or you've made a tackle in space, that moment where, hey, I'm, I'm here. It's more than that, though, because you've been watching Westlake football for a long time. You've been in that pit. You've been in the stands. You kind of understand the perspective. You've been watching that happen for your entire life. Now it's happening to you. It's crazy to say that I'm even here. I've been growing up going to these games, like you said, in the pit, in the stands, watching all the best of the best like Sam, even Taylor Anderson, super great athletes. And so the first game against Belton, when I ran out, I was amazed. I was like, wow, this is a dream come true. Something that I've always wanted to do. Actually, matter of fact, Jackson Coker, when he was hurt, he talked to me the game against Belton. He knew I was so like anxious and so nervous that he just cooled me down and talked to me, told me that don't get too nervous, just play your game. So What's it like to have a captain like that that kind of understands what it means on all facets of the game? You know, he plays on special teams, he plays on offense, he's not just a, a one-dimensional type player. What does it mean when he comes over, you know, a senior coming over to you and saying, hey, look, you know, he's not even dressed out and, and he's still thinking about you as a teammate. What does that feel like? He's a great guy, someone I always look up to. Right when I got called up to third period football, Ryan Lindley and Jackson both were two guys that, like, took me under their wing, showed me how to do it show me how they work and so me and them too like got a lot of work during off season extra workouts um extra mornings extra track practices so those are two guys that I look up to a lot and so him talking to me kind of made me feel like okay I need to listen to him cuz he's been here since since sophomore year so I talked about this last week with Nick and I've talked about it with the offensive line the guys that you go against during practice are not just 
practice guys. They're probably some of the best wide receivers in the state of Texas. Uh, when you talk about Mason Mangum, when you talk about Ryan Lindley, probably the best in Central Texas, no doubt, and definitely the best in the Austin area. So does that give you a level of confidence going into the next games? Like, hey, you're not Ryan Lindley and you're not Mason Mangum. So does that give you that confidence? Yes, sir, definitely. Um, Lucas was a little banged up last week. So I was usually he guards Mason, I guard Jaden. But with him being a little banged up, I was guarding Mason the last two weeks. Wow, he's electric. You can only say it till you see him. It's definitely a big confidence booster because knowing that I can cover him on a couple of routes gives me a ton of confidence knowing that I can cover anyone in the state. Guarding him is just a great experience, great practice, and it's really crafted my game. Well, it's funny because you guard Mason the week going into playing Steel, where they have Darren McKnight, and you look at all of the things that he was able to do this season. Honestly, that's the guy that everybody was pointing to. It's like, hey, who is going to cover this guy? Oh, no, Lucas isn't playing. What's going to happen? And you saw right away in the, in the first half, okay, well, Lucas comes in, and all of a sudden things calm down quite a bit. But then the play of all plays from last Friday, second and goal from the nine-yard line, Wyatt Beagle, who's having a heck of a game. I call it guts. They basically said, you know what, we're, we're going to live and die by the big bomb downfield, and this is going to test the secondary. In that moment, pre-snap. What are you thinking? I was man on the tight end, and watching film the whole week, we knew that the tight end doesn't get the ball very often, much less in the red zone. They really love to go into 5 and 17, Jalen Jones. He did a little drag across the across the field, and I saw 5 coming my way. Matter of fact, I wasn't supposed to guard him. They were in this play against Clemens in the goal line two times, and so I, I knew to latch on to 5, and White Beagle threw it my way, and I just took a chance and it was something memorable. Somebody said, you know, we, we often notice that did a quarterback make the wrong read or was it a bad throw? And after watching it over and over again, you kind of go, he was throwing to the right guy, but I think the area was just, it was just you in, in the frame. So you pick it off. What happens after that? Once I picked it off, you'll be amazed that I remember this, but Darren McKnight, right when, right when I caught it, grabs my shirt and pulls, pulls my undershirt and just I think he was trying to get me from there and I kind of like swiped it off and I'm running and the ball's in my right hand and I see Wyatt Beagle coming after me I'm like uh, I can't get the edge so I cut it back and my uh, teammates give me a lot of crap for this but got tackled by number 71 offensive guard so <laughs> you nothing like being run down by an offensive line <laughs> yes sir <laughs> we noticed but at the end of the day I think you made the right call because the fact that all of that is swimming in your head in the moment you know we don't think about it because we're not under the helmet we can't hear what you say yes, but sir. is there anything that you're saying to yourself you know once you secure it and you start returning are you saying anything or thinking anything at that point right when I returned it I was like I need to take this back I really wish the ball was in my left hand so I could give uh, White Beagle a stiff arm and try to get past that O-lineman, but it was something memorable. I think you arrived with the pick six against Aikens, but I think now, as Coach Dodge said in our pregame, it's one of those plays that he's going to remember Michael Taft picking off Wyatt Beagle. It changed the course of a game, and what we always say, Michael, is you have this opportunity for a very short window of time. Football games can be won or lost in a play. And I think everybody's going to look at that play as the moment that Steele realized that we were second and goal on the nine-yard line, and it was a nine-point swing in about 40 seconds. The question that I think everybody on the outside looking in, what was the locker room like? David kicks the 40-yard field goal, and you go into the locker room. It could have been a very different situation. What was it like? It was good to have my teammates support me. Everyone, everyone patted me on the back after that. It felt really good, but 
the locker room was a little dust off their shoulder thinking, all right, we're in the game and we have a nine-point lead. We can win this, and we just need to keep grinding, keep digging. No one was too nervous. No one was too anxious uh, in the locker room. Everyone was just relieved. There's a portion of the television broadcast that catches you on camera. It's after you've made the pick, and you put both of your hands up against your face mask, like, like if you were going to take your helmet off. And I can't read your mind, but I'm just going to ask you. It looked like you had that, did that really just happen look on your face? Like, were you kind of caught up there in the moment? When that O-lineman tackled me, my chin strap went up to my nose. And so everyone's coming around me. I remember Ryan Lindley sprinting to me, just bumping heads with me. And I was like, I got to get this helmet readjusted before I'm going to break my nose. So I run over. Everyone just floods towards me, and I just un- unstrap it. And then everyone is like congratulating me. So then I went back with my teammates. And There's always a story, man. Yes, that's, why, that's why I was asking. <laughs> Final thought as we visit with our Shop of the Week, Michael Taff. There's always some part of every Westlake player that gets ready for a game in a different way. We see a lot of similarities. We hear about a lot of similarities. How do you get ready to play? A lot of people like listening to music, getting in their zone, just thinking about what they're going to do. I like watching other people and how how they succeed on the field. What I do is I watch Deion Sanders' highlights from the NFL and how electric he was, um, and it just gives me a boost showing that if he can do that, I can do it. And yes, he might be a little bit better than me, but it gives me a little confidence. You might be a better tackler than Deion. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah. that's the one thing that I know Coach Salazar won't let you get away with his, his corners tackle. <laughs> yes, um, you mentioned Deion Sanders. Who else do you watch? I can do things that he can do. Who, who are you watching at the next level, college or pro? Uh, Adoree Jackson at USC. He was he was a great player, and uh, he was one of those guys like Deion Sanders that just had fun out there, just loved the game, lived in the moment. So I've been trying to impersonate him because, like my teammates would say, I'm a very social guy, not a guy that takes many things seriously. When it comes to game time, I'm very serious about it, but I just like having fun out there and trying to result my game on how I act around everyone else. Having fun is kind of the whole point. Yes, sir. He's Michael Taff, our Shop of the Week. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you.